Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Yana is locked down with a government curfew. I had originally thought mandating masks would be enough, but of course some people didn't respond at all and kept partying. Recently, there was a person busted who was running a private nightclub in their penthouse suite. Ugh. I mean, on the plus side, they got busted and everyone got fined, but you, you get what I'm saying. So almost a quarter of the population are what are now called, what are now being called cynical spreaders, those folks who've taken absolutely no steps whatsoever to reduce spread. And here we are. Fortunately, we talk about a lot more than just COVID-19 in this episode, although as a content warning, we do spend a fair amount of time talking about unemployment. And I know for some folks that can be a difficult topic. Yeah, so that is where I am. I'm in this weird 2021 haze that is pre-Biden inauguration, post-Capitol Hill riot. That is where we are located in time, because this will likely be published months and months later after all this has resolved one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I'm doom scrolling every day. That's fine. Yeah, someone someone at work full on was like... um, one of our American like um, coworkers was like, oh, it's just crazy how much money Canadians pay in taxes. And I was like, I don't think we pay that much more. And I, I, no, I, don't so I looked it up and the difference between if I was making the money in the U.S. or Canada was about $1,500. But once you yeah. include all of the cost for American health care, it's significantly cheaper to live in Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like taxes plus health care. Health care is kind of how you should evaluate that. And anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So other than the news being a complete shitstorm of, of terribleness for the past like month, um, how have you been? Uh, um, I. Oof. That is an easy question and a tough question at the same time. Sure. Um, I don't know. I've been, when I'm not doom scrolling, I'm trying to like drown myself in my own work so that I don't have to think about anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. There's been some, some good personal stuff. I have a conference coming up, um, which is really nice. Uh, it's my first academic conference. Cool. Um, 
it's all digital, which is, uh, it isn't, isn't a disappointment. It's not a disappointment because I can record my presentation ahead of time. Um, and don't have to worry about stumbling over my own words, but it was also, I was looking forward to like being around people again, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, um, you know, interacting with people, especially face to face, like in academia, I feel like it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's January 23rd. I'm taking, I'm part of a panel or taking questions or something. Right. Um, so yeah, that'll be slightly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been, I don't know. I've just been trying to not sleep all day and eat my feelings continuously and mm. cry all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> I'm doing a much better job than I was earlier. I'm glad to hear um, that. Yeah. I think I'm at the point where I've adjusted to everything that's going on. Like, we're in another lockdown. Um, our curfew starts at 8 p.m. Oh, my goodness. For the next four weeks. Um, so, I don't know. I doesn't really bug me. I wasn't really doing anything differently, so... Yeah, that's true. I'm starting to realize just how out of shape I am. Oh, yeah. I've just been so sedentary. Like when they said, you know, novel virus, new pandemic, stay at home. I was like, you got it. And just full on was like Instacart to deliver my groceries, doing my shopping and paying for shipping. I mean, a person was going to Craigslist me a used computer and... It was $200 to get this used computer, and I almost spent $50 between shipping and taxes and fees. And then I was like, okay, for $50, I might just borrow a car and mask up. And I went, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and, and grab it, most likely. But yeah, it's yeah. it's just nuts. Like, I really have secluded myself, and I'm in this yeah. space now where, like, you know, my body shape is changing and, like, I just don't feel good in my body. My body doesn't feel healthy anymore. Yeah, me neither. I, um, I've been trying to work out three days a week and even 20 minutes is like a struggle. And I used to go for like five to 10 K runs. Wow. Before this, like I, I think before COVID hit, I had lost 40 pounds and that's with being in grad school. Um, because I, I just exercise was like a, a stress reliever for me. It was a way for me to get out, out of my desk mm-hmm. and I could go to the gym and lift weights. And the weight loss for me was just in, it was inconsequential. I just wanted to <clears throat> move my body. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, and lift weights. And, you know, that just happened to be a side effect. I was really just focused on getting stronger, but like mm-hmm. the past 10 m- months, like I can't even do a push up anymore. Like it's, Oh, I hear you. And there's like a, like a, um, it's almost like frustration with myself. Cause I was like, I could have just kept going and just stayed doing this the whole time. And I didn't, um, right. but that's like part of the trauma response, right? Is you, you shut down and, mm-hmm. um, especially for me, cause I have depression. I just like completely shut down. Like I sleep a lot. Um, because being conscious is a struggle right now (laughs) (laughs) and it sucks. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, legitimate. Yeah. And I went to the doctor in October to, to get some, like for my reproductive health or whatever. And, uh, 
got my blood pressure taken and she was like, it's really high. And I was like, gee, I wonder why. Right. Um, and she was like, is there anything stressful in your life? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Have you looked out the window, lady? <laughs> like, fuck me. Why are you asking me this? Yeah. Just put the IUD in and get the hell out of here. Yeah. I want to go home and sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wake, wake me up when the uh, pandemic has passed. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to go for walks again and <clears throat> lift weights and stuff. So we'll see. It's going okay. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but mm-hmm. you know, I got to start over and that's, that's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. And I think you're in, you're in a very common, like you're in, you're in the same place that a lot of people are in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure we're not the only two people sitting at home wondering how everything's changed with how our bodies feel and function. And then, you know, like I have a step counter now because I work at a company from home that does, um, wearables and health tracking. So I decided to purchase a third party step counter, step counter. Um, it's just like a, a health and fitness watch. Um, it's like mm-hmm. a U watch. So it's one of the really inexpensive ones. You can get like three U watch threes for the same price as like the cheapest Fitbit. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I have a knockoff Fitbit and, um, I'm getting less than 500 steps a day. Oh yeah. I'm, I think I've, let's see. There's one on my phone. I've taken 48 steps. Today oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had days like that as well, because literally it's like you, you sleep, you walk to the kitchen, you walk to like my work desk is in my dining room now. Um, and that's just because I couldn't do it with my work desk in my bedroom. It was too crushing. Now I have to walk across my place to get to work. Yeah. My work desk is about 30 centimeters from my bed. Yeah. I used to do that. Um, and my partner's is outside because he streams and he's louder than I am when he streams. Um, and I just, I need a quiet space to work in Right. just because of my ADHD. If things aren't quiet, I don't get any work done. Legit, um, I have the attention span of like a carrot. Um, (laughs) like it's really bad. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it just like, oof. I thought work, like, I was like, oh, working from home, this is fucking awesome. I'm so fucking excited. (laughs) And now I'm like, this is my hell. This is my nightmare. I never want to do this ever again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I 100% get it. It's it's really strange. You know, the only thing worse than working from home is being unemployed. Yeah. Oh, yeah being unemployed at home when I got laid off due to COVID, that was, those were, those were dark months. Like those were a few really dark months. And then when I got this job, I was so incredibly thrilled, chuffed, um, just in just so elated to not be unemployed. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't even like fry, you know, the fry meme that's like, um, can't tell if I hate my job or just hate working. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was just like, once you've been unemployed for long enough and everyone, you know, is unemployed and all people do is sit around and play video games and it's a whole bunch of hurry up and wait. And you're just hoping that a vaccine comes out. Like that's a, that's a really 
hard place to exist in healthily. Yeah. And, uh, it was just such a relief to finally be one of the privileged few that's, you know, out of that boat and into one of just like working all the time. And I did very similar to what you did. I really tried to throw myself into my work to try and silence the internal monologue and the critic and the despair. Cause I also am a chronic depression sufferer, um, medicated yeah. now, um, and things are going all right. Yeah. Yeah. The win- yeah, winter depression. My partner is in that, um, that sort of unemployed phase and has been since March when, uh, he got laid off. Um, not even really laid off. They just, they reopened when everything reopened and then they just never called him. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, he's like, you know what? It's fine. Like I didn't really like that job anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, thankfully we we're doing fine financially um because i've got scholarships and everything and mm-hmm. i've got i'm working and you know and we don't really spend we spend a lot less money now yeah um, isn't that true than we yeah than we used to like uh the difference is is really incredible mm-hmm. um but yeah he's i think he's starting to get out of that phase now cuz he's streaming and he has a schedule so like that's sort of his, his job at its focus now, which is, is really nice and it makes him happy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes me happy that he's happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. So you are working from home all the time. How are you finding the work you're doing though? Is it still, is it still, um, like inspiring work? Does it still make you happy? Um, a lot of what I'm doing right now is the sort of more tedious parts of my thesis. It's the literature review, which is, um, I would rather gouge my own eyes out than keep working (laughs) on it. Um, if I want, if I'm being really super real, (laughs) um, I'm reading Foucault for my theoretical framework and I, if he were alive, I would fight him in a Wendy's parking lot at 3 a.m. <laughs> I cannot stand this fucker. <laughs> like, Michelle, just, just like, write clearly. Please stop doing this to me. I feel like I'm reading, like, military code. Right. Because then I got to Google it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Right. Um, so that's fun. Super fun. Um yeah, I'm just working on the tedious parts right now. I get to do the research probably by the end of January, uh, which is the the interviewing and the transcribing and the coding and everything, and then put everything together. So it's like it's ramping up, which is really exciting. But I'm not done those big tedious portions yet because I've been depressed, and they're really difficult to work on, mm-hmm. um, just in general, even when you're not like in a pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still um I'm still getting sued and uh all the things. So like all the things that were stressful in my life before the pandemic are still stressful, but there's also Oof. a pandemic. Yeah. And I can't tell whether every piece is slightly easier <clears throat> because knowing that my stress comes from like six different sources is a little bit easier or whether it's harder because it's compounded by the overwhelmingness of all the different sources of stress. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those two things. And I think there might be an element of choice in how I frame it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Pandemic coping strategies and catching up with Yana and Victor. (laughs) Uh, What's your number one coping strategy? What have you figured out um, that's helped you? Um, I watch the same movies on repeat a lot. Okay. Um, what else do I do? Oh my God. I don't know. I walk when there's no curfew, um, (laughs) or during, during the day. Um, but now everyone's out in the day and that sort of pisses me off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it's like, I know we all have to get exercise, but do we do i really have to see 50 people on my 20 minute walk i don't think so (laughs) um yeah i i walk i lift weights god what else do i do i scroll tiktok mindlessly and laugh at memes and that's pretty much my coping strategy yeah memes are an incredible source of relief right now yeah yeah oh my goodness some of the capitol hill memes Oh, the, the, that shit was the best. So good. Like, I was watching it all unfold, and then Twitter was just being fucking hilarious. It's the best. And so I'm, like, laughing, and then I'm like, why am I laughing? Oh, wait, because Twitter is trying to decompress from the horror that is happening right now. <laughs> and so they were slinging their best jokes that day. Yeah, it was um, it was great. Right down to the, um, what was it, Republicans proving to themselves that walls don't work. Oh, it's like the picture of all of them scaling the wall to get into Capitol Hill. Somebody had a video of somebody scaling the wall to the Super Mario Brothers music. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I, I, I almost peed my and pants. Then someone, I watched it like someone superimposed times. Donkey Kong up at the top oh. and then called it Honky Kong. Yes. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> my God. Oh God! Oh, oh. You, you gotta laugh because, like, it's just so depressing and upsetting. What else? What else can what you else do? Can you do? Like, and we're millennials. Like this is, <laughs> like this is our this is our forte, right? You know, like I think I, I remember, like even after like September 11th and stuff, like the internet went hard, um, with like the dark, morbid humor. And mm-hmm. like this, I was like, this is, this is what we do as a generation. We see tragedy and then, or something fucked up happening. And what else, what, like, what, what else do you do? I don't know what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Cry. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. <laughs> You're like, my tears are I've got dry. Left. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Bananas. Oh my God. Tucker Carlson makes me so angry. The, for folks who don't know, that is um, one of the Fox anchors. I think, but basically his, his whole perspective that this is, um, cancel culture gone too far. I had this moment where I was like, so you're saying that United States felons who might be incarcerated are potentially experiencing cancel culture too far. I'm like, I think I agree with you on this one. I think prisons are cancel culture. (laughs) I feel like it's like that mean girl, mean girl's meme where she's like, so what you're saying is <laughs> gone too far. Oh my goodness. Tucker Carlson <clears throat> is the biggest 
asshole I've ever seen on television. Um, and every time anybody dunks on him, it just makes me laugh. He's just such a pedant. Like, he's just consistently trying to make himself sound right and smart and he increases i've I've never this was the first time anything he said ever sounded right and i think the only reason it sounded right is this idea that seems to be a lot of fascists are trying to pretend to be victims right now yeah and it's just hilarious to see their like conservative friends because a lot of conservatives aren't fascists of course but it's yeah, they no. seem to all be jumping to the defense of the fascists and i'm a little confused by this yeah it's um it's perplexing um and i don't even think if they know what they're doing <laughs> at this point like so i'm like what what are you like just give up man like just it's fine <laughs> Yeah, like you don't have to defend these people, right? Like, just say that you're you're a Republican, and these people don't speak for your party, and don't answer any more questions, and you'll come out of this fine. Yeah, yep. people are only looking to—I don't know what the term is—sucker punch. What does carpet bag even mean? Oh, I, I don't, don't know. even know. Um, but they're they're only really looking for, you know, um, like the expulsion of people who are diehard fascists. And then you've just got all these conservatives coming out of the woodwork being like, well, it's, it's totally fine because, and you're like, no, it's not totally fine. fine. Like you also just about had your constitution turned over. Like this is, this could have gone really bad. Like people have such a short memory for history. Nothing about the night of the long knives part two was fine. Is that what it's? Cause that's what we thought. That's what that, like, that's what I called it. Okay. I was like. I was like, this reminds me of something. And then I Googled Crystal Night of the Long Night. And I was like, oh, right, because they're Nazis. This is what Nazis do. So is Crystal Knocked was the Night of Broken Glass, though. What was the Night of Long Knives? I think it's where they burn down the, Reich, the Reichstag. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Also, excellent props to you for checking um, while we were talking. like feel free to fact check any of my shit and then you can just be like the really smart guest that i have on because i have three separate windows i've got skype i've got audacity recording skype and then i've also got reaper recording my behringer preamp to my (laughs) compressor mic and i'm just like this is enough i'm i'm good with this (laughs) amazing before i used to google there was a time oh Oh, those halcyon days of yesteryear <laughs> where I had emotional energy to Google <laughs> and I would say shit that was half true and then Google and correct myself. That's that's fine. That just means that, like, I mean, you know what? If Republicans can do it, <laughs> we can do it. Right? It's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a very slippery slope. It's it's yes, it is a well lubed slope. <laughs> somebody somebody pour water down that slope. Yes, and then you will have the um yeah, then you will have yeah, <laughs> can't even make Senate jokes right now. I'm like so upset that like they're so at this point in history when this hilarious time capsule is being recorded, um because that's essentially what this is at this point. There is basically Trump has been impeached for the second time for the first time in history, which is to say it's Hilarious. the first time in history any president has ever been impeached twice. Typically, when a president gets impeached, and there have only been a few, 
um, there was what? There was Nixon. There's Clinton. There's Trump twice. And didn't John Adams get impeached? I have no idea. It's very possible. I'm bad, I'm bad with American presidents. Honest. I had to look up who John. I, I, the only reason I know who John Adams is is because I watched Hamilton. <laughs> John Adams. I thought that he was the the beer guy, Sam Adams. <laughs> mix the mix the two up. That's amazing. So that's that's where I'm at that's mentally. Fucking great. <laughs> oh my god! And when you said John Adams, I was like, wait, she's not talking about Johnny McDonald's. Oh, we're talking about American presidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think, like, John Adams must have been in the first few American presidents, and, like, John A. McDonald was the first Canadian prime minister, to my knowledge. Yeah. Watch me yeah. get my... I can't remember. Watch me get it all president. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... People people say, like, this guy was the prime minister in 1921, and I'm like, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I defer. Like, he's just some white dude. They all, like... <laughs> <laughs> they all sort of blend together into one white guy. That is like every president that served up until, or sorry, every prime minister that served up until Kim Campbell accidentally got thrust into power. Yeah. And she was like, fuck guys, I don't need this. Yeah. I think she served what, like six months and then was like, peace. Yeah. I did my duty. Which is what I would have done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She did her duty and then was like, nope, big nope to that. I would have walked into the House of Commons and be like, you know what? This guy, this sucks. Uh, You guys are all assholes uh, and I'm leaving. Oh my God. It's that meme of Grandpa Simpson where he comes in, puts his hat on, (laughs) walks in, does a complete circle, grabs his hat and takes off. (laughs) Comes in, thinks he's Uh saying, takes one look around the room with shocked eyes, picks up his hat in a fluid motion and he's out. Yeah. Oh, so good. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I really miss the Simpsons. It's been so long. I want to rewatch the Simpsons, but... I feel like so many podcasts have already done that and like four finger discounts been so successful that I'm like, maybe I'll just watch it like for pleasure. Is that a thing people yeah. still do? They do things for pleasure. I mean, I, I try to, but it ends up just being a weird coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. And the weirdest part is when I'm done watching something or playing a video game and I come back to reality, I'm like, Oh yeah, the U S is still kind of in like soft revolt. Yeah, they've already got, you know, the vote has come in for the president. They've had the Electoral College confirm it or as Homer calls it. All right, a pool start all over with the Electrical College. (laughs) I just love that he thinks it's the Electrical College. Like, how do you anyways, (laughs) Homer? That's probably what Trump thinks it's called, too. (laughs) Um, So, like, all of the real parts of the election are done except the ceremonial parts. Yeah. So then the Senate's trying to like the new Senate was being sworn in, I guess. And that's when the Capitol Hill riots happened. And now the only thing that's left to have happen is for um, Biden to be inaugurated as the next president. So I'm like, you know, USA, if you just had fewer ridiculous ceremonies, there would be less threat to your democracy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think we have a swearing in ceremony for prime ministers. Oh, my God. I'm just at least I'm pretty sure we, we don't. You know, we might. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, it's probably something to do with the governor general and like I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, that's I think you're spot on. I think that's the bullshit we have is we have to deal with this like monarchist figurehead being like, I rubber stamp your election. Yeah. It's like, dude, you have no job. Like you don't do anything. I'm sure the governor general gets paid. 
Oh yeah, a lot. Can you imagine just being like the the monarchist <clears throat> rubber stamp person? Yeah, all you do like you. I think they literally have a stamp of the queen's signature. Yep. And then they have to sign it too. Yeah, it's pretty um, boring. I can't imagine that's like a thrilling intellectual pursuit. Yeah, no. You've got to like really love the process and like probably be somewhat thrilled by like white history. <laughs> I don't know how yes. else to say that. Like, it has to like capture your yeah. heart for you to be like, I'm taking part in history and have yeah. like no one else think that but you. Yeah, that makes sense. This, so this is this is where we are in time and things are weird and we are coping. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> fuck oh man that just reminded me of the uh, matrix twins from the second matrix movie where one of them is like we are getting aggravated and the second one's like yes we are yeah like this whole pandemic needs to be over the fact that there's curfew is like i know the pandemic's not getting better i know it's getting worse but when when it quote-unquote dropped when the pandemic dropped <laughs> <laughs> it really did drop like a terrifying Netflix special. It really like, did. You just saw it like it came up in your Netflix recommendations. and You were like, oh, shit. Do you want to watch Contagion? And you're like, <laughs> no. So I literally I literally watched Contagion like a month or two into the pandemic and was like, same. I don't regret my choices, but I do think I've made very interesting ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was where I learned about fomites. Sometimes I think the Contagion movie did a better job of explaining the transmission of disease than any of the infomercials or like descriptions of COVID. It totally did. Like literally, like when they were trying to educate us, they were like, stay home. I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, it's spread by air. It's spread by touch. It could be spread any number of ways. We don't know. So just stay home and pretend the world doesn't exist. And hopefully you're rich enough to do that. And I'm like, thanks, government of Canada. And then Contagion's like, oh, these things must have spread this way through fomites. What are fomites? Fomites. Are... And it just it just they literally just explain like it's like it's like if if CSI, as realistic as that is, were turned into a movie. <laughs> yeah for disease yeah artsy artsy shots from the disease's point of view yeah i love that <laughs> that's my shit oh my god that brings us right to true crime which is what we're going to talk Perfect. about in the next episode <coughs> oh well, amazing well, thank you so much for being on the show today yana Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I'm coughing so much. I have asthma, not COVID. <laughs> I'm, um, I was I was going to ask and then I like wasn't sure. And I was they, like, should I clear this up for the audience? They might be concerned. Yeah, I just want, just want to make it super clear. Asthma and I also don't talk very much during the day. So this is like, I had to clear my throat before you called. I was like, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> doing that work. That's me. <laughs> So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard? Or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash victor salmon, where you can find our discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. 
And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.